Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Back to the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am joined, as always, with Sketch Publisher Bob Hickey, Sketch Editor Bill Nichols. I am John Wilson, and tonight we're talking about striking characters. Now, it's not about hitting your characters because that's never nice to do, <laughs> but tonight we're talking about making striking characters that will make the public want to read your book. But before we do that, we always need to check in. How are you tonight, guys? I'm good. This is Bill. This is Bob. I'm doing well, John. All right. So, striking characters. Um, we were talking a little bit beforehand um, about our last topic of uniqueness. And uh, one of the things that you two gentlemen were talking behind my back, apparently, and had come up with the idea that... Um, one way to be unique is to make truly striking characters. Well, so I will let one of you run away with that. Well, it sort of follows up the last podcast where we were talking about what makes our stuff different from everybody else's and how can we make it different and in, in everything. And it really got me thinking days afterwards because we are working on Skystorm. We're all bringing out older characters we've created, as Bill mentioned earlier, 20 years ago. We got new characters coming mm-hmm. out you know, that we just now created. And... It's like, okay, what makes, what can make my stuff look different or not different? Because I think everything's been done once. But what will catch the eyes of, of the fan base, of, of somebody who wants to read your story? And it has to be your character designs. It has to be the art style of the character. It's got to be look and feel. Because if they don't like the way the story looks, the way it feels, or the, the colors you're using, or something like that, it doesn't matter what your story is about. You got to have the best freaking imagination story built upon it. And if it's not striking enough, it doesn't stand out enough. It's not going to get looked at. So it really got me thinking about, okay, so then what do you have to do to make your character striking? Or how do you let your, the people out there know about your cast, your characters? And Bill and I are currently working on a Wikipedia for Skystorm. I think I've mentioned that several times, but I do think that's very important because, unfortunately, we don't have the 60, 50, 50, 60, 70 years that Marvel DC has of, you know, blasting out all their characters. Um, Of course, they seem to throw it all away every 10 years, but we won't go there. Um, We have to have an encyclopedia, Wikipedia online so people can research. If they do pick up one of our comics, they want to find out who a tempered steel is or or, you know, StormQuest character is, or a Camelot Forever character is, they can find that out for free online. Boom. They can get more images. They can get maybe a little bit of storyline behind it. So it really comes down to the the art and the look of the characters. You know, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? 
Well, I think you're right. I mean, again, we've talked about what kind of history we have in, um, in terms of the things that we've written and created and, and the stories that we've done and, and where it's all taken us. And I mean, we still have more to build on. I mean, we've, there's, there's plenty of field to mm-hmm. plow in those things. And, um, you know, that's, it's almost like, what do we do next or what do we do first really to just really get the, this going? It's almost, it's hard to choose because we are, we are invested in these characters and actually we have, having done shows in the last year or two and seeing people's reactions to storm quest and some of the other stuff. Like, I remember that. So people have taken to, it wasn't just that it was Greg land penciled book or Willie peppers or whatever, but it was the characters or the stories or Tom and Mary Beerbaum. Um, some people may have had those, those doors open into our world, but, um, it was the characters and the, those things that themselves, the titles and stuff that kept them, that have, you know, stayed with them in some way. And I think that's a, a mark of, uh, longevity and something that you kind of strive for. Yeah. You want to have interesting looking characters. You want to have well-written characters. There's a balance there. Um, if you have your book in color, you want to have a well-colored character. Uh, those are things that we, I mean, we've talked before about things you want to think about. Um, but all those things go into making this person in another universe from you. If you want to think about you are just a transcribing person who is telling the story of these adventures of in another place. Um, however you want to, you know, interpret that some people, um, are just, uh, they can run in multiple layers of Neil Gaiman and those guys, Alan Moore can run in multiple layers of story and character. And we've got multiple characters running in multiple layers. So I don't know if that answers any of your questions, (laughs) but you know, well, um, you brought up something I was thinking about and then all of a sudden you said it was that even with striking looking characters, they gotta be well-written. And then you personally show your strength about the story that they build around them with you. Because, you know, I've always, you know, unfortunately, Blood and Roses, I always throw them into situations, and you're like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. They'll help me write themselves out of it, you know? that That's right. life. You get thrown into situations, and then other situations happen, and then you either get out of it or it moves on to something else. So that's sort of the way I look at writing is, you know, you throw them in a certain situations and then you got to figure out how to write it out. It's sort of cool when you've written something five years ago and seven years ago, and now you're looking at it and you go, ooh, you know what, with just a few twists, that all lines up. That's awesome. So I recently did that with some Darkness Chronicles short story that I'd written years ago, and now with the Blood and Roses story that we're uh in the dark issue too, where you find out Haggard from Darkness Chronicles was actually a time agent. Well, that sort of changes this past story. So I'm moving that past story up to right after the current Blood and Roses story. So it's sort of neat. Basically, I'm saying, hey, didn't we just see you? Boom. You know, it changes the story. So that's just being creative writing. But you got to have the striking because... 
as cool as I think Stormquest is, and I can't help it, I just think it is, it will get passed <laughs> over because, truthfully, it looks like a Marvel, DC, another superhero, somebody wanting to do a superhero book. You know? Um, we've got to, when we relaunch it, new stories, we've got to look at these characters. Willie's already done a couple character interpretations. They still look a little generic, you know? I, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to go overboard, but there's a feel unity that we want to keep, but yet a, a, a twist that we want to put into them too. So, right. What do you think about um, reinterpreting a character's powers a new way, or maybe realizing it in a way that they always should have been interpreted but never sure. were? I, I think that runs into situation writing. You know what I mean? If you had superpowers right. and all of a sudden now you could fly, you're going to fly like crap right at the beginning because you don't know how to fly. But you take in that character and you threw him into a situation and you let that character develop itself. I've always said Blood and Roses for me, that's the one, they write themselves. I come up with crap to throw at them and then I write them as who they are to get past it or settle it or move on with the storyline. And when you're that close to a character, man, this is really right. We write Blood and Roses novels now. Um, <laughs> Bill and I was talking <laughs> about writing novels earlier, and now I'm thinking, man, I really do know those two characters. Um, that they write themselves. And, and because of that, Things will change, situations will change, and the characters will change. You you have to change the characters. That's what makes them grow. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, now this is mainstream, but it's a specific instance. Um, the way they're the way they're doing Aquaman mm -hmm. now, or even with the first issue. I mean, of course he'd be nearly bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Of course the shirt is made of chainmail. Of course he is super strong but it was never portrayed that way right. before you know it was just him on but the, the writing was so uh, was so good yeah. that they allowed characters to make fun of oh yeah you're aquaman right yeah i mean they allowed you in the justice yeah, league yeah. you know they did that to him and he showed just how how regal he really was it didn't bother him now, of course, they had Mara there who wanted to kick everybody's butt who made fun of him, you know. Well, yeah, so, Johns <laughs> is so good at throwing situations together. And right off the bat, what did he do? He got rid of the Aquaman's a joke out of the way. Yeah. The first issue. Got that the hell out of the way. And they've been building on this character for the next 12 issues. It's one right. of my favorite. I, I figured it would be. I've always been an Aquaman fan. But it yeah, is one too, of my but... favorite books. Clay, he he has to read them. It's one of my favorite books. You know, this whole other team thing is awesome. This attitude he's given them when he was young, it's 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 mm -hmm. very good, very good. So, but that's that's you're right. That's why he's taking a character and really finding all the potential. He did it. He did. It, he brought Hal Jordan back from the dead because that was a Green Lantern he wanted to write. He didn't right. want to write Kyle exactly. Rayner. He wanted to write Hal. So it was a good writer. He's an excellent, excellent writer. Mm -hmm. Johns. Jeff Johns, I'm talking about. Jeff yes. Johns, yeah. Um, you know, and I think you could apply, well, kind of anywhere. It could apply with mm -hmm. Tempered Steel. I mean, 
you know, obviously there are things that are just going to bounce right off his armor because right. steel. Hello. Right. You know, so. Well, what I've sort of decided with this Skystorm universe, and I've talked a little bit to Bill about this, but moving a little bit away from the whole, there was an era of superheroes. You know, and we're sort of moving away from that within the, in the new stuff that we're doing with like race danger, we're tempered still, and those are, are uh, additional characters within the story, and they will play some of the plot, but they're not. He's not in costume, but he's still tempered still. Few a handful right. of people know who he is, you know, but he's like sort of semi-retired. Um, so we're sort of moving away from him. So then we're taking like the Storm Quest team, and they're more of a what would you call a tactical team on the time storm or something like that, Bill? I don't know. Right. But, you know, not not yeah. really where a villain shows up every issue and this is it. What it is, we're throwing situations at them and they either come together or, or, or handle it a certain way. And that's sort of why we created Sky, or, yeah, Skystorm Universe to throw all that stuff into one area where we can do a lot of situational stories. Um because Marvel DC's got the superhero bad guy. That, even the, they're pulling away from some of that, you know? Right. So, even the, I, there's a place for it, well, you, but... Right. Well, you know, the FF were always supposed to be... You know, they weren't supposed to be superheroes as much as... Exactly. Adventure... Scientists, research... Explorer, hero, scientist heroes. Uh, yep. You know... Essentially what the challengers of the unknown were supposed yep. to be. And that's so, sort of what we want to do with Storm Quest. Use a lot of time right. travel and stuff like that. So, but yeah, there again, we gotta catch your eyes with the artwork, the the look of the character, the feel of the character, and then once you can get them to at least look at some of your stuff, and luckily with the net we can give away from stuff. Then you gotta hook them with your story. But it really comes down to visuals. So you gotta be very careful on the visuals. I mean, at DerbyCon, Bill and I was talking about the show at DerbyCon earlier. I had a whole stuff of Parts Unknown, Storm Quest, Tempered Steel was one shot that never been out that was out, and that usually got walked by, and it was closed when it got picked up, because it was totally different. It's Cartoon Network look and feel. It's, you know, it's a panda, it's a kid, and and that show is more family oriented, so that's probably probably why. So I'm interested to see what Cincinnati show does, because it's got a hardcore mix of comic fans and family that's going to be there. So I'm really interested right. to see how this setup works at that show. So, Plus, you know, it was our first time with our Skystorm banner that has the lead characters and stuff on it. So it's all about showing your stuff off to get people to, to stop by and check it out. Striking characters, guys. And speaking of art, Bill, you got it with Artiste, man. Robin is awesome the look i know it's a, a quick style for him but oh my gosh yeah it's so easy um one of the the challenges and the the inspirations for several several things throughout there uh throughout the strip has been giving him things to draw because he can draw anything and everything and he draws it in flash and he can uh, turn it around in you know re- a really quick time, and and it's better than what I. I mean, I I know Robin's style, but what I get back is more than 
you know, it's, it's more than I anticipated, which is always cool because then I am jazzed to see it right. when I get it. And then I'm, you know, jazzed to share <laughs> it. So, um, so that's always cool. Well, it's definitely got a style. We've got to do a collection of that. I want to see it in print. Yeah, that yep. would be awesome because people are, I'm, you know, have spread the, the, you know, the idea that we might do that. And there are people again who, yeah, they read it online, but would um, look forward to a physical uh, right. book, something right. tangible. Because if you're an if you're an artist at a show, you can exactly. sign that. You know, you can inscribe it to you know your number one fan or people who have followed you for all the all the strips or have gone back and read a hundred plus strips at this point. Yeah, a little hard to sign a digital. I'll copy. sign your iPad for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Just make sure they don't get credit card first. Yeah. Um, we should probably tell them what not to do. Those things uh, to avoid. In making a striking character. Don't make all your characters look the same. <laughs> they, I seen one. something, yeah. and it was like these just two heroes busting out of something the other day. And I swear the guy drew one hero, married them to the other side, and just colored one red and one blue. I'm going, for real? Wow. <laughs> you couldn't draw it twice? There was no difference between I'm going, oh my gosh. Why would... And, yeah. and that's... Because I was a previous store owner, and, you know, been publishing for 20 plus years, I look at that and go, why would I buy this and put it in a store, or why would I buy it to read it? You know? And I've gone through previews past couple months looking at stuff, looking at covers, looking at characters, looking at publishers, going, okay, are they selling? If they are, how are they? And, you know, what is striking about them? Because, you know, next spring we want to start launching some collections and stuff. And previews, well, you've got to reach, you got to make sales three to $5,000 in previews. And that, that's moving a lot of small comics, or it's still moving a lot of trades if you're going that route. So how are they pulling this off? That That's sort of where my research is right now. And I'm going to move it on to start really looking at these guys' websites and stuff like that and how they're building building it up. Of course, I share all that here at Sketch Magazine Podcast. So we all learn. Sure. Um, right. I think one of the things that people definitely need to avoid is titillation for the sake of titillation. <laughs> this isn't the 90s anymore. Well, I fought that with... No, nobody I fought that, that with blood. Well, some of us want it. But anyway. Um, well, some of us <laughs> I fought that with blood and roses. You know, everybody wanted TNA. And I'm like, that's not, the yeah. crotch shot, the boob tops. That's not what the girls are about. And I think we really stayed away from it most of the time. It was never really a TNA book. It was about these two characters pulled from different time periods, you know. So it was a struggle with the artist. But, you know, Gorby was cool about it. He draws beautiful women. Mitch, of course, draws beautiful women. So, but, yeah, that was the thing we ran into with that project was TNA. Everybody wanted wanted that so yeah I actually remember only one really unnecessary high kick mm -hmm. and other than that it's there's like a crotch shot that really works because of the yeah. pose oh but yeah i'm like really brad <laughs> it goes, makes ultimate sense but it was you a can't can i really <laughs> he goes is it buddy that much i says no not really i says it's not an obvious 
thing, but it's just, yeah, just don't do that no more. It's not the window on Power Girls. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you want you want your kids. I mean, I know I want my kids to be able to exactly. see what I do. Exactly. And that can so be that, tough. Yeah, that can be very tough. Um, so that's two. What else is there they should be avoiding? Putting yourself in the book sometimes, or or naming a character after yourself. Um, I'm thinking of a you know a specific person or you know uh, an instance where somebody gave me two comic scripts to read. It was the two halves of a book and his namesake was in both and it was two different characters <laughs> okay. and they were, they, they were the hero and he was serious and I told him I would change right. it. And he argued with me, you know, he was like, why? It's like, well, because you as the writer are in the credits and here you are as, I think it was a werewolf maybe or something like that. in one of the, this, the, this, the, um, strips the comp, the stories and i said it just doesn't work it it just i mean i have a thing about you know names sometimes and um that just for me did not work and i've seen i mean you can have a cameo in your book that's you know I, i've written cameos for myself in in books too but it wasn't obviously me it may be somebody who looked like me or somebody who is a private joke to somebody else but you wouldn't look at it and go, ah, he put himself in a book again. Yeah, only Bo can, Bo can pull uh, that off. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're if you clever about it, if you can come up with some clever um, way to do it or an aside that, that is a, sort of a private joke or an in-joke, that becomes an Easter egg. That's clever. Nah. That's um, sometimes, sometimes, depending on how it turns out, um, bespeaks amateurishness. Mm-hmm. So sorry if I've hurt somebody's feelings on that. <laughs> well, there goes my entire autobiography. Oh, comic. man. <laughs> well, okay, that's an exception. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Yeah, no. Sometimes you have to, just naming your character sometimes, um, you have to think about sometimes the genesis of that name. The gen- you know, the, the his- you have to know your characters because you not only know their powers and know their abilities, but you know their backstories. And sometimes their backstories tell you uh, what their future holds because you know you can find clues in that that tie into other things or tie into maybe your main story arc uh, for example Savage Family there's a time stone there there's characters that um, I have linked to other uh, universe characters um, so knowing those things and and other stories can come out of that because then you come into not just the idea of a comic book character, but of characters. Take the comic book part out of it. You, that these people become people because of their relationships and how they deal with relationships. And sometimes as a writer, you you can learn from your characters because what they do can give you insight into you know your own world. And what other characters down the road? Because then you become more of a, uh, you know, more maybe not self-conscious, but uh, self-aware in a way. Because if you can put yourself in the mind of a villain to think what, it, it's easy to write a guy who just blows up stuff or or destroys things or wants to take over the world. But why does he want to? I mean, what's in it for him really? I mean, does he really really think he can do it based on his powers? 
if he just has like one ability and, and a super strength, if there's other superheroes or other people who can oppose him, what makes him think that he can? So then your the challenge becomes write yourself a story where that is possible from his point of view. But then you have your you know your heroes opposing. You don't want to you want don't you don't want to write characters that are just too shallow, that are just one offs really, unless they are just one offs and they're gonna you know get killed off. But um, I think even there's some interesting stuff that can happen with that because that becomes. Um, somebody possibly that a, a reader can't empathize with and, and it makes their death mean something right. instead of just being, you know, killed. Have you no ever reason. created a character or, that was just one off, but yet you didn't have anything else for him? Cause I know I haven't. Um, not that, this, the novel that we were talking about earlier, there's actually a character in that, oh, yeah. that is like this mentor type character that, you know, um, when the other character finds him, it's like, he's dead, right? And this upsets the main character. Well, now all of a sudden in my head, right. I start doing all these flashback things that we could fit into future stories. Oh, here's a character that was really written just to piss off the main character, but now he could really play a part. It's there Again, it's situations that will make that character remember when he was being trained here, or done this, or done that, you know? So it's like, wow, that one character, one-off character is really going to end up being involved in the whole storyline even though he gets off in the first you know the first story so right it, it's cool how stuff like that can really work out for you you know i've said on here that i created a character that was supposed to be offed and i really do have her scheduled to be offed within six issues and it, it, it's to move the story on the more and more I write it, the more and more I like the character. It's like, well, it's going to be hard. And I know how it's supposed to happen and everything. It's like, oh, I don't know. So, do you stay true to the story? Or do you, chase, you know, we'll see. Right. Yeah, Bill, you just made me think of something else. Um, mm. With your uh, with your description there, um, the. The story, no matter how outlandish it is, has to be believable to the characters in the yes. story. No matter how ridiculous, crazy, you know, only a few characters can get away with breaking the fourth wall. Everyone else has to live within the universe you build for them. And it has to be believable, even if it's, you know, the most never in a million years thing that could ever happen. Sort of thing. Oh. It has to be. Oh, um, okay, that makes perfect sense to me, for the characters within the story. Right. Well, it's like with Clay's way. We're going to do this short story where Clay and Pan walks through this closet and they end up in a steampunk world, right? Totally other elements. Totally world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And yeah, it's imaginary, but this there is still a world. The rules are still set by Clay and Pan. You know, eleven-year-old and imaginary stuff animal. So the rules are based upon these characters. Can they instantly fly and grow wings and do that? Sure, their imagination they could, but they're not going to because they don't see themselves being able to do that. You know what I mean? So the rules, right. the characters themselves need, like you said, John, they need to, to hold the story together and and stay within those rules of, of who those characters are. Not really rules, but you know what I mean. Who that character is and everything. So, 
Striking characters. I'm going to say it again. I like it. I'm going to make an art book called Striking Characters. Priority one out. I need to get on Amazon and see. Uh, there's probably one out. Somebody's done one. Um, but I do think it, this really came around from catching a reader's eye for me. And it's really got to be with the art and the characters to catch people's eyes. So that, that's really, from that point on, if you can catch their eyes at that point, then you can you can take them yeah, wherever you want. Keep them. Find, find ways mm-hmm. to keep them. Well, having new stuff out is one way. Not waiting six, eight, ten months between issues. Oh, That's I thought you were going to say years. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> I thought you were going to take a shot at me, John. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I was totally talking about uh, oh, image or something yeah. like that. Um, I would oh, never. Let's see, what early on image was called Vaporware, Vapor Comics. Yeah, exactly. They'd offer them up, but they never came out. When you said when you were talking about breaking the fourth wall, it's like the only person who can do that is John Byrne. He seems to break the fourth. What was it? She Hulk that he did it with. And... She Hulk did yeah. it. I think Deadpool I think so. does it yeah. too. And... But I don't read Deadpool, so I, I don't either. know for sure. So... Uh, I don't either. I don't read many new comics. I read a few. That's because you're a um, what's that? What what do they call <sighs> Isolated. that? Isolated. I isolated. <laughs> I was I was gonna try more for elitist or something, but you know, no, you only read good comics. <laughs> well, I mean, I I can read some things in you know trade paperbacks and and that, and I'll catch up. Or I know people who actually you know who do the comics, and I get interested, right. or I'll get I see things that they've posted, or I check out comic related. Oh, there you go. And you know, there's you know the new previews, or I keep a little bit more current on that. So through those things I do, but there's still things out there that, you know, I don't see, um, or don't see till later. Right. But town just I have people, a bookstore. you know, that's what it well, is. True. But I ain't happen anytime soon. Or an actual comic bookstore. That would be nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I'm sure there's more we can bring to the table with this, but we'll let the I listeners. Think it's nice. Uh, I think that was nice, quick one, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think I think there's a lot we could talk about as far as characters. And I think we should, and uh, just let them send us some questions or go to the forums and ask or whatever, and uh, it's, it's really build this up because that's what people are reading these stories about. Is the characters, or that's why you watch movies as the characters, and the situation the stories follow us behind. So, I, I'm not saying that's not important. It's a very important to be able to write a good story, and uh, you know follow through. But you've got to catch them with the characters. So, because they are striking. Yes, they are striking characters. And I did not find a thing called striking. Did you look it up? So. Well, there you yeah. go. Ooh, yeah, there it is. Start, start writing today. I'll file today. copyright tonight, so nobody can steal it from me. Striking characters. Um, cool. Well, let's see. Let's move this on along. John, you want to give us an update on Sketch at ComicRelated.com? I can do that. Um, a couple of different things going on over there right now. Um, 
One is that I found a couple of videos on a thing called Spectrum Noir Markers that would seem to be trying to give Copic a run for wow. its money uh, as both our alcohol markers and uh, the Spectrum, Spectrum Noir seem to have a lower price mm. point. So um, at two different times during the last week, I've had uh, I've got videos of people checking out how those work, see what they do. Um, no definitive thing yet from any one person, but they're checking them out. So I put that there. Uh, once again, a sketchbook on Sunday from one of the kids at the New York City Art School that I tend to uh, find sketchbooks from. A um, couple of things on coloring with Copic. Then um, one thing, especially Mark Crilly, who uh, does a manga book that just leapt out of my head, but he's a very prolific artist and asked his viewers um, to answer the question, why you draw? So not only did I do the video of why do you draw? I also ran his answers. So definitely check those out. Um, the two days prior to that, sadly, we lost one of the legends of comics. Recently, uh, Joe Kubert passed away. So i um, got a couple of Video, videos, yeah. videos, uh, tributes. Damn, yeah, it's a video. Come and watch my video. Uh, a couple of videos, uh, video, a uh, tribute to uh, Joe Kubert. Um, most of you listening, to this are probably too young to really know Joe Kubert, but you do know his mm -hmm. kids. So uh, you know, check that out. And um, if you're an artist at all, you probably want to go to a school someday. So. Uh, you know, check all that out. Um, also, a little digital linking with our buddy Lisa Moore. Um, a guy doing inking, shading, and color on what appears to be a Centic, uh, which is apparently only $999. So if anybody wants to buy me a Christmas gift, mm -hmm. there you go. And I think that catches us awesome. up for the week. Bill, we have to be over at sketchmagazine.net. Well, I just saw uh... I oh, right. And oh, John, by the way, was it Akiko you were thinking about with Mark Crilly? A-K-I-K-O. Um, no, I think it's uh, Mickey Falls. Mickey Falls. All right. Mickey Falls. I, I remember Akiko. It, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the earlier books. I remember reading that. I, I don't remember Mickey oh, yeah, Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey Falls. I think it's a, a relatively newer thing. I think he does a lot online. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. All right, Bill. Okay. Um, let's see. I think we had a, a tutorial about inking uh, wolves that I probably John posted. Yeah, he did. Um, it wasn't me. It was you. Well, yeah. When Bob, I mean, who else posted the how-tos? But Bob posted this cool one about the Oh, did ruler. you watch that? Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Also, the opening of the Skystorm Studios store. With uh, blood and roses and our, you know, some of our stuff, some of the stuff you've been putting out, and stuff we've been talking about on the podcast. Um, then we, uh, I've been. Does Sergio? Anybody know how to pronounce his last name? Is it Aragonis? Is that no, who we're talking about? No, it's a uh, no. C A R I E L L O. Cariello. 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 Sounds like Dances with Wolves, but... Well, he, he did a, a six-part thing with Joe Kubert, and um, 
right now at this as we do this we're up in part four of six so i did find the other ones and post those um you know post in subsequent days so sequential Creating days anticipation wow yeah so well by the time they read it they'll go oh yeah this was number six i'll just go backwards in time yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna ignore so. the site for six days and come back yeah. no let's come right. back every day so so uh that's where we are at, at, you know, as of today right Awesome. What about comicsmentor.com? Uh, well, one of my big posts this week, this uh, last week was my birthday. So I'm exploring my second half century <laughs> and some of my goals and all that stuff. One of the, of course, the um, let's see, the, the other comics mentorish post was about are you settling for being so-so? You know, where are you in your life and and just. Think about what you are, what you want, those kind of things. So, I, I ask myself these questions, and remind everybody at the end of the post that I'm talking to me. If you benefit from it, you know, cool, cool beans. Uh, that way, you can't say, eh, "Who are you to tell me who to, how to live my life?" Well, I'm you not. were calling me so-so. Wow. Listen to Johnny do a voice. That's right. You hurt my feelings. God did it, Luke. Hatfields and McCoys. Uh, but uh, the big thing for me this last week was um, the you know passing of Joe Kubert because I really just didn't. Is he's somebody that you've always you know, he's been around for so long and just taken for granted that he's going to be right. there forever. And several people have said that that had that same feeling, and several of his beginning classes, uh, the people in his classes were people that I admired like Tim Truman and Tom Mandrake and Jan Drusama and um, they were posting things on Facebook and I had started to write this post and uh, Steve Bissett posted something and I said Steve do you and, you know, I messaged him and said would you mind if I quoted you on that to add it to it and he's like no go ahead please do and then Tom Mandrake did and Jan did and uh, Graham Nolan, and there were a couple of other people that I hadn't really, I kind of forgotten about them being Cubert at Cubies, as we, as they say. Um, but Jim Ballant, uh, Grant, Meme, and Sergio Cariello, uh, and Shane Davis, and they just sort of encompassed in their thoughts what it was to be taught by this man this this legend of comics because I, I one of the big comics that I remember inking wise inking with a brush wise was um, his work on Tarzan for DC and that had an impact on me back in the day because it, it was moody and it was cool I just didn't realize how cool it was but it's something that stayed with me you know in the back of my mind and then several people started mentioning that was their first book or their first uh, real experience with it, and then I started thinking that, you know, all the war comics that he's done, and um, he was not only a comics creator, but he was also a mentor to a lot of people, a teacher, um, and he he sums up what it, being a mentor is, and so in that way, it's fitting, and it's also fitting that he's a comics person that he impacted me, so. 
again, that was a that's a really long post. So just, I mean, I would encourage you to go read um, other people's recollections of Joe Kubert, and then think about your own life and think about if there is somebody in your life who would that you would um, who who has impacted you that way, and if so, I'll write them and let them know. I mean, I, I tend to write who my mentors are, but um, that's a good place to, I don't know, I'm all about redemption sometimes or resolution or making up with people or just letting people know. And, um, you know, if you had a, a favorite teacher, if they're still around, let them know that they were your favorite teacher, that you, what you, what they learned, what they taught you. Maybe it was somebody that in your life that didn't realize that they did inspire you in some way let that person know so yeah i gotta tell you that freaks me out every time every time one of my former students comes to me and says wow you know i couldn't have i couldn't have gotten through school without you or you know you were uh you were a nice respite from the hell that was the rest of my school thing or yeah. something like that i'm like whoa really um you hated me <laughs> didn't you <laughs> you know it was it's just one of those weird things yeah, that you don't you don't realize your impact until it's it's gone you know until it's um far away um like i recently reconnected with one of the very first students i ever taught and um you know she's had kind of an up and down life but she's uh looking into becoming a teacher and i'm like and she said it was because of me and i'm like well uh insane but thank you <laughs> you know it's <laughs> insane that you want to become a teacher because you know i've long said that there has to be something a little wrong with you but um you know that that she got something out of my rambling for you know 187 days that connected with her and made her want to go on and educate other people you know really kind of makes all the other crap of your life kind of fall away for a minute mm -hmm. you know well you taught right. art right it's like ah oh. so you, yes, you're actually exactly. reaching something that the kids really cared about which wasn't math or yeah. social studies or you know if you were connecting with them then it was something you were real and you're actually an artist teaching art not like where i had a cheerleader teacher teaching art but we won't go there exactly, again yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah it has to be cool even this guys and and this is cool when we're out and people go, hey, listen to podcast, thanks a lot, or can't wait to Sketch Magazine starts kicking it back out, you know? We're reaching a younger crowd here, and we're sharing what we've enjoyed for 20-plus years, some of us longer than that, um, to a whole new readership or a whole new fan base, a whole new art base. So, you know? Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to someone they uh, they introduced me to someone else, and they called me an industry educator. You know, and I was like, um, "Hey, wait, yeah. yeah, cool. I am an industry educator." You know, and it just it just never struck me that hey, we're we're actually in our own way mm -hmm. teaching, right? You know, when we do this. So if we ever need an official title, industry educator. <laughs> well, you know, industry educator. To me, it's like we're sharing the trait. No, we're right, trying to, exactly. try, you know, as much as a lot of this is going digital, still tons and tons of this should be kept by hand. And and even that, we got to learn it all to keep this, this industry going. 
Um, not everybody, as we said earlier on in the podcast, not everybody can draw Spider-Man or Superman or Batman. Only a handful of people gets that honor to do that for those guys. You know what? I don't want to do that anymore at my age. I want to create my own stuff and run my own worlds and create my own ventures and have fun with the readership. So we're all at different places and we should all enjoy it. And what we've all sort of banded together, the three of us, is to share that, what we've ran into and and everything. So, yeah, I mean, definitely we, we try to keep things going. So, right. But Okay, well, we sort of got off, off task, but that's cool. Um, let's see. Oh, Blue Line. I've been at Blue Line last week. Spent a lot of time there. As Bill mentioned earlier, there's a really cool video posted on sketchmagazine.net about a new ruler that's coming out. It looks awesome. It won't be out till September, but it's this whole metric. You used to have have these big drafting arms on your table to pull off some of the stuff you'll be able to do with just this little ruler. And then they have a flexible, it's called ring ruler, and it's an adjustable uh ruler that's inkable or drawable and it's going to get rid of circle templates I, I don't know how small it'll get i don't think it'll be real tiny ones yeah. but anything larger it's it's flexible it looks the videos look awesome Just definitely check them out they're taking pre-orders at bluelinepro.com right now for those two things excited i can't wait to get my hands on the product so i can play around with them and see how they really work but the videos look cool very cool um that's really it, other than working on Skystorm. That's where I've been at the past week or two. Wrapping this one up, it's gone a little bit longer than we wanted, but uh, John, how can they reach you? Um, send your emails to john at comicrelated.com. Everything feeds into awesome. there. Bill, I'm going to reach you. Write me at comicsmentor at gmail.com. Now. <laughs> now. Subliminal. Now. <laughs> Or he'll That's right. you. Uh, you can reach me at Bob H at blueonepro.com. That comes directly to my inbox. So that's it. Or you can reach all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. And believe me, we'd rather hear from you guys than some of these stupid ads that we get through there. So please send us emails. Um, also check out the forums, guys. We built this site for you. Sketchmagazine.net. That's that's your site. That's why John and Bill put all these videos there, so it's easy for you guys to find. The forums are there for you to share information. You can post artwork there now. We fixed all that, so now you can build your portfolios and share it. The sketch store is available if you're looking for back issues or digital issues. They're all working. So, you know, check it out. Download these podcasts. So this is this is for all the creators out there, for us and them. That's what it's for. So, All right, guys, I appreciate it. Well, Our pleasure. You. Take care, guys. See you.